Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Welcome back to Telling Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. At Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT, your relevant Twitter handles. If you missed anything in hour number one, listen on the podcast, the Tutel Nuanas podcast is available anytime. It's the beauty of the thing. Rate, review, subscribe. Listen to the Tutel Nuanas podcast at your leisure, on your own time, and enjoy, my friends, from us to you. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications. If you want to call, 361-3688 is the phone number. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can also text that phone number, 361-3688. And if you would like to, you can give us. Uh, you can go ahead and listen online. 1029ESPN.com. You go to the website. You jump in the stream anytime you'd like. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana, your local bank, your opportunity. Gambling is a disease, <laughs> and it, <laughs> and it is one that was a personal shot that you just took. At it me. is one that. Uh, it's not just you that Colton Juanas and Sean Rainey have in common. <laughs> and these, here's, here's the thing. Though. I mean, here's, this here's, is unbelievable what's happening uh, right now. I, I, I actually even think this is unbelievable. And I am a, uh, I, I am, I'm depraved at, at the highest level. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, here's the thing though. Life is all about checks and balances. The irony of the situation is that I got into journalism primarily for the idea of providing checks and balances for people in power. I think that uh, the checks and balances of covering 
high-level Division One college sports is very important, especially at state schools, because so many of those salaries are getting paid by taxpayer dollars. And we've gone over this a lot of times on this show, but I just think it's essential to report specifically on the financials, but broadly just on the impact that athletics have on college communities and college campuses and state governments at yeah, large. Yeah. The irony of the situation, though, is that I have no checks and balances in my personal life. <laughs> That's sort of by personal choice and sort of by circumstances in my life that have led me to this point. But the biggest difference between Sean Rady and I is that Sean... Our good buddy SWX Montana. For those who don't know who we're talking about, he's the most famous guy in Missoula. You need to get with him most if you famous don't know. Guy, I mean, he's the most famous sports figure in the state. Uh, I mean, no question. Besides, maybe voice of the grins, Riley Corker. But mm. you know, this is this toss up here. Yeah. We're, we're mincing I mean, hairs. Yeah, yeah, we are. Regardless, though, Sean has a beautiful wife and mm-hmm. multiple children. A couple great boys, and so he uh, has a severe checks and balances on how many. American dollars he can bet on games. Yes. I, in fact, do not. Right. I also have uh, a much higher, um, how do you say? I, I, I throw caution to the wind a lot more easily well, let's than put, all of you guys. No, no, no. I don't even think it's that. I think it's all tied into the same thing. If you ruin your life, you've ruined one life. If Sean ruins <laughs> his life, he's ruined four lives. So, it, you know, you can't uh, do that. My brother always does remind me, we are business partners. So right. I, uh, <laughs> right. I do have a little bit of a check and balance because I have a slightly responsible Now, the reason everybody's well, out there going, what in the world are they even talking about? I'll tell you what's happened here. In the last, oh, I don't know, 21 minutes since we've been on the air, Sean Rainey uh, has both created and now uh, prepared and begun a snake draft for the Masters Golf Tournament involving multiple uh, sports media entities around Western Montana, including Coulter and I. This is a big group text message that's going around that we're all trying to participate in, and they just started the draft just out of the clear blue sky because everybody just wants to gamble on the Masters or anything all the time. You know what I mean? Hey, and let me not be the you know, pot calling the kettle black. I'm involved in this. Although I would say this is like fantasy. This is like fantasy sure. golf. This isn't like truly like gambling by any stretch. We're just playing for points here. But the point is, is that here we sit trying to actually be professionals, do something nice for the community. <laughs> but instead, what we're doing is like, what, what do you mean you're taking Bryson DeChambeau ahead of me? Okay. So anyway, we're going to get to that later. I, we, we, you know, it doesn't go past me anyway. And since I'm not making my pick, nobody else else can make their pick so the water behind the dam builds fortunately it's tuesday do we not have like two more days to figure this out had to happen right here in the middle of the afternoon moving on coulter roger goodell and we will get into we will get into the women's side of the big sky conference promise you okay okay okay. i don't have an outline today so don't worry we're just freestyling no we're not freestyling i have an outline (laughs) one that i prepared all here on paper it's your show i just participated that's right uh roger goodell uh acknowledged today uh the importance of creating a uh, i don't want uh, you know an alternative a plan b ulterior plans for COVID eventualities. Are you picking players? Is that what you're no, doing? No, I'm over last. There? Put the thing down. So anyway, uh, today on a conference call, he said, look, we are planning and expecting to play 16 games in 17 weeks. Okay? That's what our goal is. We're on track to do it. We also understand that there's a chance that that might not happen. And we are preparing plans that include having a playoffs where, not, where, where all the teams in the league haven't all played 16 games. Right. 
And obviously you can't know what that is. But one of the things that they have said that they've already agreed to as a league is that if that happens and it creates controversy as it pertains to the playoff, they will exp- expand an already expanded playoff from from 14 teams to 16 teams. Yeah. Now, there's no word yet officially on what the minimum number of games would be that a team would need to play in order to qualify, or even if that would exist, presumably it would. Uh, but... You know, this is we're in a moment right now where the NFL just said, "Hey, we're going to keep going." And and they have done so, and they have done so with a number of COVID, I mean, lots of guys who have landed on at various times the COVID list. The NFL has created, I would say, the smallest timeline they could possibly find to get guys off of that list via testing. Uh, and so, for instance, Matt Stafford was on it last week, and Matt Stafford played. Now, mm-hmm. Matt Stafford, let's be clear, I don't believe, right, he did not have COVID, but right. he was traced to it. Ben Roethlisberger sure. traced to it this week. He's on it right, right. now, can't practice. Sure. So, but, even, it's, but it's already had an impact, though, because if you're on the contact tracing list and you don't get off the contact tracing list and then you play the Thursday game, that's exactly the scenario we saw last week. Kendrick Bourne tests positive for the 49ers, right. then he tests negative, then he tests positive, then he tests negative, then he tests positive again, but then... Brandon Ayuk is not allowed to play. Debo Samuel is not allowed to play. That's right. They probably would have been cleared if it would have been a Sunday game, but mm-hmm. they weren't able to get cleared even though they didn't have a positive test. And now you're talking about taking away the San Francisco 49ers' two best offensive weapons that aren't on injured reserve. But also, they did not play the game. Right. right. Well, but that's where this is going to get so hairy with the NFL. That's why I fully expect them to expand the playoffs because I don't think that the NFL will ever reach a scenario where a game gets canceled because of a COVID outbreak. Even the Titans with the biggest one we've seen so far this year still managed to play that game. It it altered the schedule. They had to play it several days later, but they still played the game. But this is going to mess up all sorts of different things. The San Francisco 49ers are one scenario where they're a team that could be on the playoff bubble Mm -hmm. eventually or, Mm -hmm. you know, they're in the mix. But then they already, I mean, they had that lopsided loss last week to the Packers. How does that affect them when the season's all said and done? Look at the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. They had the exact same thing. It cost them a couple offensive linemen. I actually think that they won that game, but it's still impactful for the way that you perform. But like the Ben Roethlisberger thing right now, if Roethlisberger never comes back with a positive test, but then doesn't get to play in the game, and then Pittsburgh loses a game after they're undefeated, they're after their best start in franchise history, does that impact their ability to get the number one seed? Right. I mean, there's so many different things that could, this could come down to. And so because of that, again, I don't think the NFL is going to cancel games. I really think it would take a... a huge catastrophic outbreak but games are absolutely already being impacted by this no question and and that is the nfl wants games to be played yeah teams want games they can win and (laughs) the san francisco 49ers on thursday played a game they could not win totally but this is the thing that is so fascinating about the nfl and, and a spot that no other sport has ever been in before we are so addicted to football you and I said it was a hundred percent guarantee the Packers are going to win the game on Thursday night. The San Francisco 49ers have no players to play in this game and hang. Mm-hmm. Yet we still watched it. Everybody watches it. Hundred percent. It's great. It's a wonderful game, by the way. <laughs> so you got right after uh, four days after getting your brain beat in by the so, Vikings. So uh, you know we'll see. One thing, just for what it's worth, if they expand this from fourteen to sixteen, 
uh, it will be eight teams per conference. They're not going to do anything where there's, you know, maybe nine teams in one and seven in the other, even if one conference was maybe more impacted, uh, more negatively impacted than the other, and that was obvious. That will not change the conference split. It's going to be eight and eight. So uh, there you go. Obviously, this is all just in case, but there's enough of this going around, obviously, right now as we're experiencing another, now, not just, I mean, it's been in Montana, but nationwide spike that this is that this is significant and appears that it's going to be significant at least for you know this immediate future it's two tell new one is one or two nine espn radio Coulter, we talked for a long time about the big sky conference men's preseason all-conference team let's get into the women's all-conference team for mm-hmm. basketball and we'll run through these here and then i'll make just one quick note about something unique uh so the, again six players on this list Five five players and then the the, the quote unquote MVP okay for the uh, for the conference uh, for the conference uh, all conference list. Gina Markson, junior out of Idaho. Darian White, sophomore from Montana State. Beyonce B, sophomore. It's actually Beyonce B. Beyonce B. Yep. Thank you, uh, sophomore from Idaho. Kiarisha like Rashid. Looks like Beyonce. She's going to be called that for. The I mean, it literally the is Beyonce. It is. It just doesn't it's have Beyonce. the gotcha. thing on the end. Yeah. Uh, Kiarisha uh, Rashid Karika, yep. Karika from Rashid. Northern Arizona senior. Dora Goals from Idaho this State. This is like pronunciation guide And Alicia Davis uh, yeah, are the one. other ones. Uh, she is a sophomore from Northern Colorado. Here's what's notable. Two seniors, one junior, yep. three sophomores yep. on this list. Uh, the future of the league in uh, women's side is very, very bright and a lot of up-and-coming players. What stands out to you about these this group, Coulter? Well, I thought that the Women's League last year was not necessarily down as much as it was just really young, but two of the best programs at this exact moment in time that had young players were Idaho and Idaho State, and you see that reflected directly right here. You had to know John Newley has the formula down. John Newley has made it to the NCAA tournament at both Idaho State and Idaho, which is an incredible feat, especially considering when he was making the tournament at Idaho State. That was at the height of Robin Selvig's powers at the University of Montana. He still led the Bengals to the the tournament a couple times. John Newley, for 20-plus years, has had the ability to bring in among the best players that the Big Sky has ever seen. I mean, Natalie Doma broke Shannon Cates' records. That's an unbelievable feat within itself. Michaela Ferenz, Taylor Pierce, two of the best shooters that the league has ever seen, mm-hmm. and absolutely two of the most prolific three-point shooters in the history of college basketball. And you just had to know that after they were done hanging their hat on the Splash Sisters that they were going to have a new set of of troops coming, and they did it with Gina Markson, who was one of the best freshmen in the league two years ago, and then Beyonce Bay, who was the only other real candidate for freshman of the year other than Darian White at Montana State. So you had to know that Newley was going to bring him in. And then Seton Sobolewski at Idaho State, he's done such an awesome job of recruiting internationally. Most of their best players have been international players. And now Idaho State has a real chance because they saw Callie Bourne, who I actually voted for on my all-conference team, ahead of Dora Goles, but that was just kind of a coin flip. Mm -hmm. Those two both blossomed as sophomores. Now they got a, St- a Stefania Ors who was who tore her ACL last year. She's coming off an injury. She probably would be the headliner of this team if it wasn't for the fact that she missed all last year. So I think both Idaho, Idaho, Idaho State locked and loaded. But then I also see the the influence of a couple new coaches. Northern Colorado has a new coach, and obviously Lori Payne is now into her fourth year at Northern Arizona, and they've been able to get some high level talent. And then you have Tresher Benford with. 
even though Coach Bidford's been at Montana State now going on 16 years, I think she has the point guard that fits her identity as what she wants to do as a head coach. She recruited herself. (laughs) Right? Absolutely. And, I mean, I think even Trish would be the first to tell you that that Trish Bidford was an outstanding point guard and one of the best to ever play at Boise State. Also, really offensive-oriented. I think Coach Bidford would tell you right away that Darian White already right now as a sophomore is better at defense than Trisha Bidford ever was, even as a professional basketball player. And that's not anything against Bidford. That's 100% about Darren White is one of the best on-ball defenders I've ever seen in the Women's Basketball League. Um, you got to think, though, when you look at this thing to me, when you look at Idaho, given John Newley as the coach, yep. Gina Markson, Beyonce B, being a junior and a sophomore, respectively, do you yep. realize with this zero year, you're looking at seven years collectively of eligibility remaining right. between those two who were who are one-third of the all-conference team this season? Right. You know, I mean, that it's it's now, look, okay, I, it's inflated to use the zero year because everybody's got it. So, right. okay, everybody's getting extra out of this thing. But um, that's, you know, if you got two players on an all-conference team, you know, that's six players deep from one team, you're already, you know, swaying the board in your favor. And to think that they're both, I mean, you're junior, okay, that's not an underclassman, but neither of them are seniors. One of them is a true underclassman. Yeah. It's impressive. And I think it's even more impactful in women's basketball than maybe any other sport, maybe track and field, but women's hoops or any other sport. We always discuss that the notion that players just get exponentially better as their college careers progress is actually a fallacy. That's not actually true, Mm -hmm. but it's more true in women's basketball than any other sport. Mm -hmm. The progression of players is very linear. There's very few girls who burst onto the scene as freshmen Mm -hmm. that then don't become all-league players by the time they're seniors. If they're good enough to hang as freshmen, they incrementally get better, and they're going to be at least competitive starters by the time their career is over. But more likely, they're going to be headlining all-league-type players. And I think I don't know really know why that is. I think there's some psychological reasons behind it. I also think that the transfer... Um, I'll call it a plague. The plague of transferring is not <laughs> nearly, it's not nearly as prevalent in women's college basketball. It's, it's right. not. I mean, if you get... I, I, don't, I don't think Trisha Bidford has any worry about Darian White just walking out the door. Whereas in men's basketball, you're worried about guys walking out the door at all costs. You have no idea when Holland Woods is going to leave Portland State. But you asked me what's the most, the absolute most uh, striking thing about this list, and here's what it is. You know that John Newley is going to have all-league players at Idaho. You know Seton Sobolewski is going to have them at Idaho State. But the most striking, and I think that the most uh, indicative of the state of the league is that Northern Arizona who's perennial bottom feeder in this league, mm-hmm. has the preseason MVP in Karika Rashid. They have one of the up-and-coming coaches in the league in Lori Payne. And I, I never in my life thought that I would see a preseason all-Big Sky list that not only was headlined by a, women, a woman from NAU, but was devoid of any player from Montana. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, that, that, that is not something that you would have ever foreseen. And yet also, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise, but I think it's very indicative of where the league is at right now and the challenges, the true challenges that face the Lady Grizz. We can talk about the pride and tradition and all the winning that they did under Robin Selvig, all the banners that hang at Dahlberg Arena. But as of right now, the big sky for women's basketball has become a destination league, especially mm-hmm. for coaches. Mm-hmm. John Newley's been at Idaho for 10-plus years. Seton Sobolewski's going on, I think, 12 or 13 years at Idaho State. Wendy Shuler's been at Eastern Washington for 20-plus years. Trisha Binford's been at Montana State for 16 years. 
Lynn Kennedy has taken Portland State to the NCAA tournament, and he's been there for half a dozen years. So how do you re? And now Lori Payne has it rolling at NAU. It's really difficult to reload in this league because several different schools have actually reinvested in women's basketball. No. And so I, I guess what I'm saying is it's, I think that once the Lady Grizz find their footing, the rebuild itself I think will blossom organically yes. because they do have so many resource advantages and such a fan base advantage. That's right. But it's going to be, I think, very, very challenging initially. This is a tough league to try to do it in right now. Well, and and it's going to be hard to do it right now when you have, for the time being, an interim coach, and we'll see if that becomes a non-interim coach. Uh, you know, in the in the case of Coach Petrino, or and, if and, this, and, and when can that happen too? Because of right, the hiring freeze at Montana, right? All of that stuff. It also you're talking about one senior on this team and Maddie Schoening, and the thing is, is there's potentially all conference talent on this team. When you talk about Sophia Styles, she's been plagued by multiple injuries yep. for her whole career. We have not seen what she can actually be as a true physically free player. Now as a redshirt junior, what can she be? Abby Anderson was a great player, a player that who I think uh, you know surpassed a lot of expectations a year ago. What can she be and become over the the course of of this season we'll find out but you're right the stability that the universe that, that, that the program has to have is the very first thing exactly. and then it will become i think one of the easiest programs to rebuild even with the up-and-coming nau even with idaho Prairie sure. good because of all the the intrinsic advantages that the lady grizz have for sure but you can't rebuild anything without a foundation and i just don't know when they're going to be able to find a foundation because the instability is going to exist until they make a full-time hire whether that's mike petrino earning the job or otherwise and i just think that that's going to be the key especially behind the scenes it's going to take two factors a vision from the athletic department whether it's Mm -hmm. patience with petrino or foresight for what they're going to do next and it's going to take patience from the fan base the last thing you can afford at the university of montana is have the women's basketball program have dwindling attendance Mm -hmm. because you've already seen it incrementally in football Bas- men's basketball has a role in, and I think as soon as there's allowed to be as many fans as there can be at Dalbert Arena, you're going to see it. They're, they're fine. Travis Secure has that thing churning because, I mean, five big sky titles in 10 years, that's what it'll do. But th- one of the biggest revenue advantages Montana has in the big sky period is women's basketball. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to let that dwindle whatsoever. It's two telling me want us, 1029 ESPN Radio. Take a quick break on the other side. We uh, talked about the Masters. Maybe we'll just do dead air and continue our draft and just be completely selfish about this. Or perhaps we'll talk about the greatest golf shot that's ever been hit, which was hit today. Golter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the wind gate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the wind gate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's 
going to be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. And Ryan just made his first hoop since the 90s. Yeah, it's a fact. It's two tell me Wanda's. Your son's in here dunking. 1029 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television at Gus Tutel at 1029 ESPN at Skyline Sports MT. There's a reason it's not at Gus Tutel NBA. <laughs> I think it's pretty unlikely uh... that Kai will attain that height either. And I mean that both physically and just in terms of skill. But you never know. He's never going to play sports, according to your daughter. As we know, he's going to be able to set a great screen. Uh, yeah, my daughter is certainly looking out for her little brother. We're not spraining any ankles, son. Uh, okay. Uh, Coulter, uh, let's talk about the Masters just just for a moment, if we could. Can't wait. Um, first of all, your boy, Johnny Rom. No, that's your boy got up there and you know they do this on you know they go around they have fun early in the masters week and they do the you know they're going to do the 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 par three tomorrow right and they go out today and they play around and stuff and they try and do a thing you know where you everybody's seen this right where they hit the ball in such a way as to skip it across the pond and then Mm -hmm. roll it up and Mm -hmm. see if they can get it on the green Mm -hmm. john rom skipped the ball you saw it I, i mean it's probably it's probably 80 yards of water. 80 to 100, yeah. Yeah, right? And it just blades it, skips it all along, rolls up perfectly onto the green, makes a rainbow, covers probably, I don't know, 100 feet of green conservatively and falls into the cup. Hole in one on a trick shot on the pond water. It's an amazing shot. I've always loved John Rom. But I, now I'm starting to hate him. Uh, okay. Like, how can you do that? You know? How can that be the way that you get a hole-in-run? I've never had a hole-in-one. I know I'm not good. It's okay. That's how you're going to get one when you're not even trying? I mean, I guess you are, but you're not, you know, not really? Unbelievable. Anyway. I mean, hole-in-ones are about reducing the probability more than any other thing, right? Of course, yes. And so the reason, I mean... Professional golfers are obviously so much significantly better than any normal person. I actually think that pro golfers are more superior than the top level amateurs. The gap between them and everybody else is more than any other pro any other pro athlete. The guy on the guys on the PGA tour are just silly. I mean you have to you have to have started playing golf daily since you were like four. Well, it's not even that. Lots of guys have done that and aren't close. And they still aren't close. No, that's what I'm saying. You have to do the have the dedication, the time, the resources, the opportunity, as well as then unbelievable talent but like when a guy like tiger woods says i hit 20 hole in ones it's because he's played like two hundred thousand rounds of golf yeah i mean that's true but also it's about being able to hit the ball into a location where you have a chance you know for sure like the number of opportunities i've had at a hole in one is like two sure (laughs) Like there was no but other, you, ball. but you also haven't played that much golf, even compared to like the normal 
Oh, yeah. And a golfer. Uh, I don't know. I think about a guy like former Grizz head coach Mick Delaney. Yeah. Like, Mick can hit it pretty good. He's, he's, yeah. he's a good golfer. Yeah, for sure. But he has, like, a handful of hole-in-ones because now that he's retired, he's just out this dude's out there playing banging him. 18 to 36 a day. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's put that on the shelf, and let's talk about the actual tournament. Yeah, let's do it. You ready for this? Yeah. Bryson DeChambeau mm-hmm. is considering using a 48-inch driver. It is the longest allowed in competition uh, under the rules of golf. He says that it is it, it adds 4 to 5 miles per hour to his ball speed, and his swing speed gets up to between 143 and 144 miles per hour, which if you don't know the numbers for, for golf, that is... Um, if you swung your club 143 miles an hour, you would go straight to the hospital. <laughs> okay? Tor- straight. Tor- everything, everything. And I'm not talking well, to you, Coulter. No, I mean, I am. I'm talking to every person everybody. listening. Everybody. You go 143 miles an hour, the ER, period. <laughs> okay? So, but here's what he said, and I found this totally remarkable, out of even out of Bryson DeChambeau, okay? He this he's talking about using this driver in, in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I make this quote. I mean, it looks really promising right now. I did not expect it to work yesterday. I was like, this is going to take even more time, but it did work yesterday. I'm not 100% sure if I'll put it in play yet just because of the unknown. It's so close to the Masters. But if it's an improvement in every facet of launch conditions, then I don't see why not, end quote. Uh, He also went on to say, from a driving perspective, I, oh, well, actually, I'll come back to that. Okay, let me just stop here for a moment. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what I'm going to say, right? I mean, here's a guy who is, who's the physicist of golf, okay? He's out here, he's the mathematician. Everything is just, you know, he's he's just the sabermetricizing saber golf, for lack of a better way to say it. Mm-hmm. Ha, first but, of but all, he's also, but the reason that I think it's a little bit different than just pure analytics and sabermetrics is the physical transformation. That's right. He's gone too. through the physical transformation. He's combining he's combining math and science. He's, it, physiology is a huge part of this as well. And we've seen this actually in the modern era several times where golfers, Tiger Woods put everybody on notice that very first Masters he won where he just tore Augusta apart. He's hitting the ball so far. Yeah. And it actually altered and in some cases ruined the careers of some guys because they tried to go bulk big. Davis Duvall... David Duvall, he never won. I mean, he could never really get back on yeah. track after he bulked up. Ernie Els tried it and then was was like, well, I'm already 6'5", 250. I'm just going to go back to being normal Ernie, and I hit it far enough anyways. But the 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 bulk part of it is so interesting because anybody that has ever lifted weights and played golf at the same time, you know it's very hard to have a consistent muscle memory swing while you're also putting on mass. That's what the most impressive part of DeChambeau to me. No no doubt. I think that's I think that's very uh, uh, well said. Other also, by the way, I think this was this. I know this is some close to right, but since Tiger Woods won that Masters and the way that he won it, I mean, he humiliated the field. He also humiliated the golf course. It is possible to do that. He did. They tried to Tiger proof it after that. It is now, I think, on on the order of a thousand yards longer on championship. You know, for for, for the Masters than it was the year that he yep. won it, and yep. it, it didn't happen overnight. But year by year, they have gotten this thing. They're like, well, well, we 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 just we have to. So that's that's the first thing on on Tiger and his influence. Yeah, and we have we have the potential for this to maybe happen again because Bryson DeChambeau is such a controversial figure. Mm. So many guys on tour don't like what he's doing. They think it's ruining the purity of the game. I think, I mean, if you're not 
trying to find your niche, then I don't know what you're doing. And there's nothing cheating about it. But no. here's, I'm going to give you these, these stats from his practice round on Monday. Just, just quickly. Okay. This is this is amazing. Yeah. Number one is a 445 yard par four. Uh-huh. He hit a sand wedge in after the drive. Number two is a 575 yard par five. He hit an eight iron in. Number three is a 350 yard par four. He flew the green with a three wood. 570 yard seven iron. 460 sand wedge. 495 sand wedge. 505 nine iron. 510 nine iron. 530 nine iron. 440 sand wedge. Okay, so, so basically, what I'm saying is he's hit. He proved in the practice round with his driver that he can consistently hit it pretty straight. 350, 360, 370 plus, giving himself pitching wedge and sand wedge into the green. That is going to be the thing that's going to carry him. It, it is. And obviously, all this presumes that you're hitting it in or near the fairway. Yeah. He says, this is again, I'll come back to this quote. Quote, from a driving perspective, I'm just trying to get up there like in a batter's box, swinging as hard as I can, trying to hit a home run. I don't know if there's a better way to say it. And there isn't, because you can see him. He's just slamming the thing absolutely as hard as he can. But here's the thing that I wanted to say, though. Okay, going back to this thing about the driver. How with all of the math and all the thinking and all this, I know that all his clubs are the exact same length. So he's got this thing. He's made him the same length. So that's what it is. Okay, that's fine. But with this transformation in the driving and the distance and everything, why you wouldn't have already considered using the longest driver available, which just in virtue of the math gives you the biggest potential club head speed through the ball and all of the stuff that goes along with the additional leverage you get with the additional length, why he wouldn't have done that before is surprising to me. What's even more surprising is that the first time he did it was yesterday and the master starts the day after tomorrow and he's thinking about doing this, which is a significant change to what he would have for the the biggest tournament that exists. And I mean, Look, I get it. As he said, if it's an improvement in every facet of launch conditions, then I don't see why not. Well, I see why not because you got no idea how when it actually matters, you're going to get up there and bang that thing away, having never hit one this long in tournament play before to say nothing of championship tournament play. The other thing I'd say about Bryson DeChambeau is this. I figured out why I don't like him. (laughs) Okay. Okay. It's not about any of the other stuff. You know what it is? It's that. It's his hat. I can't That's stand... That's like a hat you would wear. When this is over, we're going to fight. <laughs> Last show ever, two tall no Dude, it, it, the, it, I have no problem with the hat as such. If you wear these hats or whatever, it makes him look like a pretentious turd. And <laughs> today, I saw him with a picture. I saw a picture of him. I said, what's... What it, why does this not look like Bryson? Because he, he, he was wearing a normal hat. He's wearing a hat, a regular ball cap. And I go... Whoa, if he wore that, all of a sudden I might be like, hey, I kind of like this guy. You know, enough. What? It's not a fedora. What is that thing? I don't even know what to call it. It's like the Scottish golf hat. Yeah. Payne Stewart made it famous. Like, if, if you're going to wear it, then be Payne Stewart. Sure. Show me the knickers. Show me the high, you know, whatever, the, the socks and yeah, so yeah. forth. Then be that guy. But don't come out here with this thing and like, okay, hearkening back to what. Uh, tired of it. Tired of it. So let's talk about the dichotomy between the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, and the Masters. I think it's fascinating okay. that Bryson DeChambeau, even with those practice round shots and you know the, the fact that he's hitting a nine iron in and all, all those things, one of the things that everybody at all levels of golf learns rapidly is the guy that hits it off the tee might get all the oohs and ahs because everybody's watching. The guy that hits it the farthest off the tee box. But 
it's the guy who hits his second shot the best that's going to score. Mm-hmm. And okay, you're hitting nine iron into every green. Conventional wisdom says that that means you're going to be able to stick it close, but he's not a finesse player. Sometimes he nukes these wedges 190 yards and they go 20, 30 yards over the green. Mm-hmm. And in the U.S. Open, because it's USGA regulated, they're always trying to make you shoot over par. And so then when you can reach in two and get yourself that two-putt birdie on par fives, that's to such a huge advantage. But what's going to happen at the Masters? Guys are going to be scoring on the threes and the fours as well. And so I thought Brooks Kepka's quote about the whole thing was money. He said, Bryce has still got to hit fairways. He's still got to hit it close, and he's still got to make putts, period. The longer you hit it, obviously it becomes a little bit more difficult to put it in the fairway. You miss a little. Your misses become a little bit wider. I have no idea if he wants to use a forty-eight inch driver. That's good for him, but I mean, it could be to his advantage, but it also could be to his disadvantage. Length is always an advantage, but if you can't hit your second shot close and you can't drill the putt, it's not going to matter in this tournament. I think that's exactly accurate. I think it is accurate, but also the last major that we saw, Bryson DeChambeau did do those things. He did right. I mean, he. he I, I still have a, a hard time trusting his consistency. I, I do too. I mean, the other thing is, is people upset that this game is is it, no, this game that he's doing this and that yeah. golf. You know, the the you know, what do they call it, bomb and chip or whatever you want to talk about. Regardless of what he's done to his body, and, and this this style of golf has reduced his golfing career by by years. By For years. Sure. And if he continues on this line, it will continue to reduce his now it's it's just maybe like, he never want never maybe he never wins a major if he doesn't do it and so he and he's already done it and so good for him. For but sure. his end is so much closer for than sure. it was. It's just like when Blake Griffin or Antonio McDice or just insert athletic power forward here, when that those guys suffer knee injuries and yep. they can't jump anymore, what can they do? Right. I mean, it, it, you have to be able to reform your game and shoot a turnaround 15-footer or whatever because if you can't just hit your head on the rim, you can't do anything. Well, And that's what that's going to be DeChambeau. If he can't swing 145 miles per hour, then he can't do anything. And and one thing, and, you know, you assume, maybe, maybe not, but but that he's, you know, he looks at all these analytics and everything, and guys know what guys are good at on tour, right? Yeah. Guys know what guys are good at and and maybe I would like to think guys know what they what what their weaknesses are. And Bryson DeChambeau, my guess is looked at this whole thing, looked at the game, said look at how much I can improve myself if I do this, but also looked at a bunch of other guys who could hit long irons and mid irons to 15 feet consistently and said that ain't me. I don't have that skill. And it's not just a matter of work. Like, you got to have the talent to do it, and I don't have it. I'm not saying he said this, but my guess is that he looked at the field and went, the only way I can compete with the guys who can really do it, who can really strike the ball from 180 yards out and and put it close with a 6-iron, 7-iron, 5-iron from 220, whatever it is, is... You know, I, I'm never going to compete with those guys if I keep playing their game. So what's the one thing that I know that I can do? Well, I know that I can hit it a mile. And you know what? If I really worked at it, I could maybe hit it a mile and a half. And if I did that, that puts me in position. And so this is what I'm going to do. And this is what he's done. And, it's you know, it's remarkable. He's he. I mean, I must say him and Dustin Johnson are the two guys where I don't even really care where the ball goes. I just love watching the swing. 
I love watching Bryson DeChambeau's because it's such a just it doesn't even seem possible the explosion of the swing and DJ's I like watching because it's like you know they built the the robot to swing the club the exact same way so they could test the golf ball mm-hmm. off the club but it's like a sort of awkward like Swing back, wait, then forward, then through. It's like a three-part thing. That's Dustin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't have a fluid thing at all because he's so tall and long. Mm-hmm. He's got to wait for everything mm-hmm. to get there and match up. And then it does, and it's just 380. The The allure of Tiger Woods, I think, was taken to the absolute stratosphere. Not when he first burst out of the scene and was pounding the ball not only far but straight, but it was during that the peak of Tiger Mania when he was actually one of the least accurate drivers on tour. He, he was straight spraying the ball, and he was hitting a mile, but half the time he's hitting a mile into the fairway bunker, into the woods. But the allure of Tiger Woods, though, I mean, harken back to, I believe it was the PGA Championship, I think probably 2002, when he hit that fairway bunker, and then he hit a three-wood, out of the bunker, like 260, yeah. dead, like eight feet, and then rolls in an eagle putt. That's what DeChambeau has to prove he can do. I don't know if he can. He showed at the U.S. Open. Does he have to prove he can do that? I believe no well, one's no, ever, no, other than no Tiger, can do they can no, do that. No, but I'm just talking about the recovery ability because that's what makes the greats so great is their ability, if they aren't hitting the ball right down the middle, to still chase birdies when they're off of the fairway. Right. And DeChambeau, he pounded the fairway at the U.S. Open, and it made it so that he was far out in front of the field. And the, his systematic advantage of being 40 yards closer than everybody he's playing with is a systematic advantage if you're not in jail. I'm just I'm so interested to see, because it's going to happen at some point, where he gets erratic. Can he stay focused? Can he hit recovery shots? That's going to be the key for him. Well, Do you, I know he's the favorite, the betting favorite, and I know mm-hmm. he's getting all of this publicity because of the way he's changing golf. And this story is obviously adding to that with his 48-inch driver and all these things. But, but I mean, in you, in your mind, who who is the favorite in this? Or I guess who who is who, who is the, the front runner? I mean, who, who has the best opportunity well, besides him? Uh, I would – Dustin Johnson has finished in, the I think, the top five, certainly the top seven in the last two Masters. Yep, yes. And I'm always wary of picking Dustin Johnson because it has felt at times like he has not come through the way that, that you want him to come through he, in, he, the, he, in the match. He, he, he doesn't chase it or, with fervor on Sundays. That's right. But he has now. He just won a second ma- uh, a second major. He did. Excuse me. And he did? I thought he won the tour. So that's not an official Oh, right, okay, major. so tour championship. <laughs> it was, maybe, it was so. major championship money, $15 million. It was more than that. <laughs> The, the purse for the Masters is $11 million. Yeah, He won $15 million just himself for the winner for that. Yeah. So, but, okay, it's not a major, but he, it was something that he wanted that he went after and he executed the thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I give him a ton of, ton of credit for that. And I also think there's a level of, I mean, for lack of a better word, maturity that I've seen out of Dustin Johnson in, in you know, the last couple of years where, you know, he's he's not going to go out. Obvi- nobody other than Tiger is going to go out and win every tournament, you know, when they're at their peak. Yeah. Um, but he he has consistently been really, really good. And I do think that he, you know, the Masters is one that obviously he cares about a great deal uh, and and hasn't gotten yet. So. 
I'll put, you know, I'll put him in the mix. I would love to put a guy like Rory McIlroy in there. I don't know that I can, uh, you know, given what I have, or maybe better yet, what I haven't seen out of him. Uh, but uh, uh, he's he's a guy who's, you know, a, a champion here who knows what he's doing. But any of them, I mean, Xander Shoffley, yeah. Patrick Cantlay, you want to Michael know, Wolf. I you mean, want, you want to know what I think that the current state of the world caters to more than anything. Mm. The no crowds, I thought, was definitive advantage for young guys, and we saw in Colin Morikawa take advantage of that advantage yeah. when he won his major. So I think the guys that maybe would be feeling the pressure of being at Augusta National for the first or second time ever in their careers, it's going to be a little bit easier. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. It's 2 Tell the Wanders, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break. On the other side, we'll come back and wrap this thing up. Hey, we live in this great state so we can enjoy it, right? Well, if you're a business owner, you know how hard you work. And sometimes it's at the expense of your own free time. And that is where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business, which help keeps, helps keep your business running smoothly. Also, gives you more time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up previous month's books. So go online and schedule a free consultation today. BlackBookkeepingLLC.com. That's BlackBookkeepingLLC.com. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Two-Tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Two-Tell Nuwana's podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, thanks to Blackfoot, the one guy we didn't talk about in the Masters is the defending Masters champion, Tiger Woods. Already got five bucks on him. Boys and girls, we went long in every other segment, so we have to go short here. Have a wonderful Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Detail Nuanas ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.